Hey, buddies, fellow Franco fans. It is I, your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento, California-based filmmaking group headed up by yours truly. And um, as I record this, we had a successful Lady Hyde premiere a few weeks back and uh, am now in post-production, wrapping up, uh, doing some of the sound and music choices now on uh, Manuel and Sin City. And possibly, if I all cylinders fire right, I can uh, knock out another film by the end of the year. I'm kind of thinking about it. We'll see if I can do three. So anyway, or actually, it would just be the one this year because I've been editing the last two. So, But anyway, yeah, so I want to do a film a year. Shoot a film a year at least, at the very least. So yeah. Anyway, so that's what's on with me. So, But for this, this is uh, episode 101. Uh, we just passed the 100 mark as you listened to the last episode. It was uh, kind of an anniversary episode where we had uh, no review because we had already done film 100 uh, for Bloody Moon. So we just did uh, one with um, talks about Franco with uh, my friend Kali Sini from Los Angeles and uh, Bob Moritz, filmmaker friend from Sacramento and um, Corey from the Spooky Dudes podcast. Um, so yeah, it was cool having three different um, three different sides of Franco uh, from a filmmaker side to a fan side and to a person who is uh, very much into the lifestyle and uh, Franco as a way of life was Kali. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It was, it was a nice uh, a nice change. So. With this episode, we're back on track. So, yeah, episode 101, which is Film 101, uh, the export title, which is Linda, L-I-N-D-A, pretty short title, just the name. But I've also seen it advertised as the story, okay, there it is, the story of Linda, so. But yeah, here it's just Linda, Linda, which is uh, Spanish for pretty, but I don't think it's, I think it's just her name they go for here, but she is pretty. Uh, yeah, this is a West Germany and Spain co-production, 1980. So yeah, we're in the 1980 period now, Franco. Uh, the original theatrical title in countries of origin. We'll go with West Germany first. Uh, it's a great title, probably the best, one of my favorite ones. Um, the Naked Super Witches of the Rio Amore. Once again, The Naked Super Witches of the Rio Amore. It's almost like a very uh, Russ Meyer title. Um, Die Nachten Superhexen von Rio Amore. Die Nachten Superhexen von Rio Amore. Uh, then we have the Spain is uh, the Nymphomaniac's Orgy. And that's uh, Orgia di Nymphom... Let's see... Orgia di Ninfomanas. Ninfomanas. Orgia di Ninfomanas. The Nymphomaniacs. Orgia. Cool. That's cool. Uh, all right. Alternative titles. Of course, there's always alternative titles with Franco. We have uh, the alternative West German <clears throat> is um, the women of the Rio Amore. So, yeah, they're either women or naked super witches. So, it can be both. Uh, and that's uh, Die Frauen vom Rio Amore. Die Frauen vom Rio Amore. Uh, the story of Linda, 
Great Britain on screen video title. Captive Women is a U.S. video title. I always like the U.S. video. It's probably like a 80s uh, VHS release or whatever. Captive Women. Um, sounds more like a uh, prison epic than that. Uh, and Because uh, there's only actually one Captive Woman. And uh, let's see. The Netherlands video is Linda the Sex Kitten. Uh, Linda Distopos. And let's see. Production companies. The Munich is uh, Lisa Films, and Munich is Rapid Film. And then in Madrid, we have Plata Film. Uh, theatrical distributors, Leader Films, S.A. Spain, and Residencia Film, West Germany. All right, timeline on these. Uh, they shot this in... Oh, actually, before I go any further, of course, give credit where credit is due always. Uh, Flowers of Perversion, uh, The Delirious Cinema, Jesus Franco, Volume 2 by Stephen Thrower. Thinking these books are out of print or what? I don't know. It seems like, uh, or they're going to the next, maybe like third printing or third edition or whatever. Um, but yeah, it seems like these are getting harder to get. So the price has been jumping skyward. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, back to the facts. Check. Shooting date, uh, February 1981. Even though it's funny, it says it was West Germany and Spain. Okay. 1980, so it must have been like December of 1980, and then they started it up filming in February of 81. That's funny, even though it's in the 1980 section, it should be proper 81. But anyway, so yeah, shooting date, February 81, 1981. Uh, it was Cannes Film Market's screening of this was in May 20th of 1981. Wow, that's like three months later. He knocked these out quick. I love it. Shoot, complete. Everything post and released three months later. Beautiful. Um, yeah, it takes me about a year. That's <laughs> funny. Um, okay, can, uh, Germany, German X certificate issued uh, May 18th, two days earlier, 1981, and played Germany nine days later, uh, May 29th, 1981. So yeah, played Cannes, and then nine days later, played Germany. And uh, Spanish approval date, September 23rd, 81, played Madrid, October 19th, 1981, uh, then played Seville, November 27th, 1981, and Cartagena, played May 20th, 1982, uh, let's see, it's uh, six months later, and then Barcelona, seven months later, <laughs> in December 13th of 1982, that's funny, Seville, and six months later, Cartagena, and then six months later, Barcelona. <laughs> Pretty slow rollouts. Or either they just had long play dates. Uh, theatrical running times. Uh, Germany is 83 minutes, 26 seconds, and Spain is 88 minutes. Uh, video DVD running times, converted. Uh, came out in German on the Japan Shock PAL DVD. That's 84 minutes. Uh, UK, the Avatar VHS was 81 minutes, 31 seconds, and the UK Avatar PAL VHS version is 79.59. Uh, let's see. Spanish ad mat for this uh, has it as, They were trained to offer their bodies to sex in all its perversions. That's nice. Uh, director of this is... Anyone's guess, we all know, Jess Franco. But on this one, in the German version, he's billed as Jack Griffin. 
Hey, hey, you know who that is? That's Jack Griffin. Nice to meet you. That's Jack Griffin. Not uh, Del Griffin or not uh, the Griffith, but Jack Griffin. I like it. I think he's Grifter. Griffin. Jack's Griffin. Or Riffin. Um, or Jack G. Riffin. Jack Griffin. Interesting. Uh, screenplay, of course. Uh, G.E. Derendorf. Doesn't say that's Franco, but I would think it might be G.E. Derendorf. Hmm, interesting. I'll figure out as I read more. Director of photography, of course, Juan Solar Kozar. It's credit, miscredited to Hans Furbringer. Production managers, uh, Eric Tumek and Antonio Mayans, of course, working away. Editor, Carl Oletsky, actually, Jess Franco. Uh, music, Geinhard, Geinhard Heinz. German version dubbing, Jürgen Clausen. German version recording engineers, Otto W. Retzger and Antonio Mayans. Very good. Uh, assistant director, Lena Romay, billed as Rosa Amaral. So yeah, she's assistant director on this. Nice. Uh, uncredited first camera operator, of course, Jess Franco. All right, I like the heat too. When he shoots, he, that's why it's so quick. When he shoots, he... Uh, and I've, I've learned... Actually, I've done this before. I was a big Franco fan, but uh, he does the same thing. And I was happy to find out that he does that same process where... If you're the director and the camera operator and the editor, you kind of know where your cuts are going to be in your head, and you kind of already have the film played in your head. So when you're shooting, if you're able to, like me, I'm able to visualize it in my head as I'm shooting, so I see it, and then I know where my shots and cuts are going to be, or about the length, of course, scoring the script as well. But uh, you kind of know where you're, so that's a, a quicker process. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good uh, it's a good tool for young filmmakers or old filmmakers. Um, or people that are new to filmmaking. Let's see here. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, one second here. Technical difficulties. Let me rearrange some things. All right. So we got uh, cast on this um, Raquel Evans as Sheila Medford. Manageress of the Rio Amore. And yeah, she's the star, basically, of this film. She's like really, really, really good. Really good heel. Um, and in the review... Uh, oh yeah, I haven't mentioned yet. Our guest reviewer for this is um, once again returning from the City of Angels. Um, long-time Franco observer, uh, reviewer, Miss Colicini. And uh, we have a good time talking about this film, so... Uh, let's see. Uh, we have Antonio Mayans as Robert Foster, of course. He plays Ron Medford, the hotel manager. Uh, Ursula Buchfellner returns again as well as Betsy Norman. And she was in um, uh, Salamania and, of course, Devil Hunter before this. And, uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, Katja Benert returns. This is her second film, or her third, I think her second, from Eugenie, uh, the couple films back, uh, was it 97 or 98? Um, let's see, and uh, she plays Linda Norman, Betsy's younger sister, Tony Skios as Zorro, the brothel manager, Thomas Gayo plays Juan Rodriguez, Linda, Linda's new boyfriend, Otto Redsker plays Miller, shaven head thug. He's almost like a poor man's, um, um, 
I just spaced his name. Yule, um, Yule, Yule Saunders. Uh, but I, I talk about that later. Uh, let's see. We have Rafael Cayeto as Ramon, the muscular thug. Bia Fielder as Mitzi, the whore de Rio More. Juan Solar as Frankie, Mitzi's bespeckled client. Andrea Guzon as Annie, the whore who helps Betsy. Maria Carmen Segura as Maria Segura. Uh, she's the torturer in the leopard skin, number one. Uh, Teodora Segura as the torture in Leopard Skin number two. Yasmin Lewinsky as the hotel receptionist. Jose Miguel Garcia Marfa, a uh, customer at the Rio Amore, non-speaking role. And uh, Astrid Bonner plays the mother superior. That's footage from the film Vanessa, which we hear about later. There's uh, actually some footage from another film that he borrows to splice together for a scene. So, all right, synopsis. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll, I'll read it again. I've read another thing, but I'll read it again. Sheila is the owner of the Transcontinental Hotel, which is run by her lover, Ron Medford. She also owns a brothel called the Rio Amore, some of whose staff are unwilling sex slaves abducted from the hotel. Sheila discovers Ron has been having a fling with Betsy, a hotel employee. She has Betsy framed for theft, then blackmails her into working at the brothel. Ron arranges for Betsy to escape, but Sheila's heavies intercept her on the way to the airport. She's dragged back to the Rio Amore and pressured into sexual slavery. Meanwhile, Linda, Betsy's younger sister, is on her way from convent school for a visit. Production notes. Franco, for his next film with his German producers, Franco concocted another sex and violence tale with lashings of sleaziness. The film required some establishing shots on the island of Madeira, which meant a rare second unit trip for Juan Solar. He says, uh, only Lean and I went taking a camera. We did some shots on the island, including a few passes with the car, like the ones we had shot in Spain, a red Citroen 2CV. The film marks the beginning of Franco's association with actor and occasional production manager Jose Miguel Garcia Marfa. Um... He says he started his first work with Franco on February 22nd, 81, at the Hotel Cap Negret in Altia with the film Orgia de Nymphomanias. I played two characters, one a supposed cabaret client and the other acting in the orgy on the catwalk of said cabaret. During his filming, we caught the famous 23F coup d'etat, uh, or 23F coup d'etat. Review. <clears throat> okay, review by Stephen Thrower. Linda is a Janus-faced opus, exuding a sun-sea and frolics vibe akin to such genial fare as Las Chicas de Copacabana, whilst revisiting the sex-trafficking plots of Di Sclaven and Opala de Fuego. Both Opala and Sclaven feature brutal scenes of torture, namely cigarettes burning women's breasts. Here we see two sadistic lesbians, real-life sisters, Marie Carmen Segura and Tidora Segura jabbing at Ursula Buchfellner's boobs with giant skimter blades. I suppose, to the uninitiated, this will hardly sound like bubbly, light-hearted fun, but we're not talking Lucio Fulci's The New York Ripper here. Franco is neither patient enough nor angry enough to film such FX-heavy mutilations. Linda is really just a light-hearted romp in the Franco scheme of things, and its sleazy streak is more endearing than disturbing. Darker ingredients, rape, blackmail, 
the drugging of women to serve as prostitutes, are softened by some outrageously camp elements, none more delightful than Chilean-born sexpot Raquel Evans as Sheila, the wicked and conniving owner of the Rio Amore brothel. Evans gives a marvelous knowing performance, an unscrupulous seductress who twists men around her little finger and boasts of her kinship with the scorpions she keeps as pets. Further merriment is provided by the Rio Amore floor shows with their dry ice, human fish tanks, cane chairs, net hammocks, and women sliding provocatively around on polished glass discotheque tiles while the script throws in lusciously silly sex talk like, I like the sweetness of your skin, your body's heavenly, and I'm crazy about your legs. Mayan's line, you're the wildest, most desirable witch in the world, must surely be the campiest pillow talk in a Franco movie, but there are so many quotable examples, especially the real Moray, where a whore asks a client, how about something special? Have you ever been around the world backwards? A, cust a customer opens a conversation with, Hi, porcelain doll. All by yourself tonight? And an eager for business hooker shouts, I'm almost a virgin. Mitzi, the pushiest, most desperate whore in the club, is hilariously played by the talented Bea Fiedler. It's nothing to look at. A routine rape, she sneers, with a big spinning client, Juan Solar, seems distracted by illicit activities elsewhere in the club. But the star of the show remains Raquel Evans, who introduces drugged-up new rival Betsy with a stirring cry of, I want my club to be known as the Pleasure Dome of the World, and isn't adverse to putting on a sexy floor show herself, if she's in the mood. So perkily immoral in the film that you have to remind yourself that what you're actually watching could this be the world's first feel-good film about sex trafficking? I know, that's kind of the vibe it gives. Uh, Franco is in a straightforward mood stylistically, and the tale is told with few of his trademark zooms or handheld sequences. There are no significant hallucinatory elements, and even when Betsy is drugged with a substance that induces uncontrollable desire, a la Shining Sex, Blue Rita, uh, Burning Up on Side... Frego refrains from his patent brand of narcotic delirium, yet despite this mainstream-friendly approach, the script is messy, the story lacks urgency, and certain developments are inadequately explained. It's only after 30 minutes of amicable drifting that Frego remembers who the film is named after and brings Linda, Katja Binert, into the mix. The subsequent cross-cutting between Linda's innocent story of young love on vacation and Betsy's nightmare of sexual degradation at the hands of super-vixen Sheila provides a simple but effective dynamic. Will the lovely Linda end up like her older sister, a sex slave at the Rio Amore? Given Beinert's age at the time, this was never going to happen, and the film therefore ends on an upbeat note. Linda is a good-time film that shows Franco is better off amusing us with spirited sleaze than attempting out-and-out -out comedy. It's the closest he got to capturing the upside of psychopathy. Of psychopathy. It's funny. Basically, upside of being a psychopath. Uh, cast and crew. Sexbot scorpion woman Raquel Evans was chiefly associated with softcore director Enrique Guevara, appearing in four of his films, 
el último pecado de la burguesía, 1978, una loca extravagancia sexy, 1978, caliente y cru cuento de tortura, 1978, and cariño mío que me has hecho, 1979. Unconfirmed sources claim that the Chilean-born Evans and Guevara were brother and sister, an unusual working arrangement that must have intrigued the incest-loving Franco. <laughs> Austrian-born Otto Retzger, Sheila's enforcer Miller, played a slave trader in Satomania and a menacing handyman in Bloody Moon. He worked in numerous capacities, writer, director, actor, producer, manager for Lisa Films, and was production manager on Devil Hunter. Finally, Jasmine Loskinsi, everyone's favorite gabbing decapitee in Bloody Moon, pops up again, head intact, as an employee of the hotel. Several cast members make their debuts in the Franco firmament. Rafael Cayutano, a.k.a. Ramon Rodriguez, or Raf Smog, R-A-F-S-M-O-G, that's a cool name, Raf Smog, is a bodybuilder whose imposing bulk and impassive features make him an ideal thug <laughs> in films such as Sangreis Mozapatos, that's blood on my shoes, uh, in Busca del Dragon Dorado, Search of Golden Dragon, and uh, Bangkok, Cita Como la Muerte, Murder in Bangkok. Uh, he's also the Blind Beast, Andros, and El Sinestro Dr. Orloff, Franco's 1982 remake of the awful Dr. Orloff. But his best role is the hyper-masculine nightclub bouncer who falls in love with a pre-op transsexual in Las Chicas de Tango. Finally, it's interesting to spot... Jose Miguel Garcia Marfa making his debut appearance in a non-speaking role as a client at the Rio More. Garcia would go on to appear in 16 films for Franco, including such diverse efforts as Los Blues de Calipop, La Sinsclava Blanca, and Dark Mission. An uninhibited performer, he became a familiar face in Franco's hardcore productions, appearing in eight of them, his most notable role being the eponymous Peeper in 1985's El Miron Aile Exhibition Siesta. He was also one of the few actors to bridge the gap between Franco's hardcore titles for Fervi Films and the latter, more expensive porn productions, uh, Falostia and Falcon and Fallowcrest, like Falconcrest ripoff. Uh, the glass cages in which women are displayed at the Rio More were constructed by the film's male lead and Franco's indefatigable production manager, Antonio Mayans. Music. The aura of high camp is deliciously amplified by another disco-tinged soundtrack by um, Geinhard Heinz, who also contributed the wonderful score to Bloody Moon. His cues are often reminiscent of 1970s disco group Space. Uh, and brings just the right kind of sparkle, not too expensive, to the proceedings. Locations on this film. Linda was shot mainly in the beautiful harbor town of Camara de Lobos, a few miles west of Funchal in Madeira, with additional material filmed in Alicante. The scene in which Ron 
meets a prostitute from the Rio More who passes him a note from Betsy, is shot in an abandoned resort building high on a hill overlooking the Alicante coastline. Franco has been diligent in matching the materia in Spanish locations. The roads in both areas have similar castled walls along the coastal edges. The central interior location is the Hotel Cap Negret in Altia. Its main foyer and discotheque on the same premise doubled as the Transcontinental Hotel and the Bordello Club, respectively. Other scenes were filmed in Orejulia and Bendorm. Connections The central image of naked women confined in plexiglass tanks filled with aphrodisiac gas looks back to the girl from Rio, 1968. A few shots in the Covenant sequence are borrowed from Hubert Franck's 1977 film Vanessa, the scene in which the Mother Superior, Astrid Bonner, or Boner, appear to address Linda, warning her of the sinful dangers outside the Covenant, is clearly intercut. Beniert does not appear in Vanessa, and apart from the scene, Bonner doesn't appear in Linda. The story, with its brainwashing and sex trafficking set in a brothel, echoes De Sclaven, 1975, and Je de Porto, 1978. Other versions. Linda was released on DVD by Japan Shock, the Dutch label, in an English-language version run 78 minutes, 16 seconds. A shorter release by the Candy Box label, runs 80 minutes, 43 seconds, but it includes scenes missing from the Dutch release, including a beach abduction sequence, an extended torture scene, and numerous tiny additions to the dialogue. So, there's that. Alright, so, 101 now is in the books. So, yeah, um... Hang out past the uh, past the bumper there. Sorry about that. Did not get did not get that much sleep. Actually, uh, I've been working th- two jobs now. We're going on three, so and doing all my film stuff. So yeah, I've been a little bit slacking. So, but yeah, uh, so yeah, hang out past the bumper, and you'll hear the review of Linda with Collie and myself. And uh, yeah, it was a fun review, and it's a fun film. So uh, hang out through there and uh, check it out, and hope you dig it. Uh, one quick thing, of course, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. If you like the show, subscribe and it'll be in your mailbox or your, however you get delivered every, uh, Wednesday morning at 1 a.m. West coast time. They're already, uh, always pre-programmed to be going out on Wednesdays at the same time. So I like, I like routines and I like knowing something's there at a certain time. It's, that's one thing about me. So anyway, that's a cool thing with that. You always can know it's there. Um, dependable. So there's that. So subscribe to that. Uh, also, too, if you like the shows, download them. It always helps. Uh, if you dig it, download the episodes. And uh, tell your friends about it. If you know Franco fans or people that might dig it. Now we're up to episodes 101. So you got, uh, if you have a Franco film, you can pull it out and find the episode with the title. And chances are you'll have a history and a review of the film to go along with your viewing experience. It's almost like an extra commentary track. So that's something people have been doing. They told me they uh, put it on the background and watch the film, and it's a little bit extra in case there's no commentary or if they've seen it before or whatever, something different. So it's always an option there. And like I said, we're going to review pretty much every Franco film. I'm going to skip a few of the hardcore porn stuff later on and stuff and a few films I don't have access to, but I have about 95% of his films or so. So 
you'll definitely have uh, reviews for everything before the end is through. And then after we review all the Franco stuff, we might do some documentaries or uh, change over to a few directors that are very similar to Franco and kind of keep this going. Maybe round out to 200. We'll see. So, Alrighty, well, there's that. Uh, so, yeah, if you like it, too, like I said, download, subscribe. Um, there's also a donation button on the uh, Red Circle page, uh, either one-time or monthly. We have um, somebody that also uh, donates every month, so I appreciate you on that. Uh, like I said, do this all for free for the love of Franco. So uh, if you're ever down to throw some cash my way, I will always gladly accept it. Because, uh, you know, just like Franco, we're all starving artists and uh any help is always appreciated. Uh, boom, boom, boom. There's that. There's that. Uh, follow Desperate Visions. Oh, yeah. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Franco Observer Podcast. And, uh, yeah, all that. You can get, also email us if you want at FrancoObserver at Yahoo.com. So hang out past the break, and you'll hear the review of Linda. So, adios. Buenas noches. All right, so we are back for the review of Linda, a.k.a. the Naked Super Witches of the Rio Amore, uh, which is awesome. Um, and also I saw the reverse uh, refers to them as a super vixen as well somewhere else. But uh, yeah, I'm going to... Uh, Kali Asini is here again from Los Angeles to review this film with me. So while she is preparing to get ready for the review, I'm going to go ahead and do the synopsis of the film and uh, set up a few things before she joins us for the review. So here's the synopsis of Linda. Sheila is the owner of the Transcontinental Hotel, which is run by her lover, Ron Medford. She also owns a brothel called the Rio Amore, some of whose staff are unwilling sex slaves abducted from the hotel. Sheila discovers Ron has been having a fling with Betsy, a hotel employee. She has Betsy framed for theft, then blackmails her into working her working at the brothel. Ron arranges for Betsy to escape, but Sheila's heavies intercept her on the way to the airport. She is dragged back to the Rio More and pressed into sexual slavery. Meanwhile, Linda, Betsy's younger sister, is on her way from convent school for a visit. So yeah, uh, this film, uh, before Kali joins us, I'm going to give a couple things real quick. Um, it definitely reminded me of a mix of um, De Sklaven, uh, also known as Slaves, um, a, a Dietrich era film, and then um, also um, Apollo de Fuego, uh, Two Female Spies with Flower Panties, and um, also uh, Je Pule de Partout, I guess it's uh, Burning Up Inside or Burning Up All Over. Um, yeah, and then also the, the gas and all that stuff. Um, I really liked it. Uh, it's almost like a greatest hits Franco film, and uh, there's a lot of stuff I picked up watching through, and I'm going to go over all that with Kali and uh, see what she thought about it all. But uh, yeah, she is uh, kind of wrapping it up now, watching it. So uh, I'm going to get with her, and we will talk about this film. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, a fun film. Um, I'm going to save some of my comments when she's here. So 
But yeah, let me think of anything else I want to say before that. Uh, oh yeah, um, I'll tell you here before she joins us to please subscribe if you haven't so already. Uh, we are on most, if not all, listening platforms, whatever your favorite um, platform is to listen to podcasts. We are on it, uh, at least eight or ten, I think, so far. So uh, you can also find us on the Franco Observer podcast page on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, let's see, you can also download any of the episodes now. We're at 101, so you have over 100 episodes, uh, probably close to under 200 hours, maybe somewhere around there, of content. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, also, too, if you ever want to donate, there's a donation button on the uh, page, on the Red Circle page. And uh, we're always accepting donations if you're up for it at one time or reoccurring or whatever. It's always nice, you know, to get paid for doing some things, even though this is a labor of love. So, yeah, if you're down to, appreciate it. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, check it out. So hang out, and uh, we'll talk to Kali on the other side. All right, so we are on episode 101 film 101 uh linda and uh i live in rio linda so that fits on my end and um <laughs> film 101 uh Kali lives in la there's the uh, 101 freeway down there right <laughs> yeah that's uh i'll be driving it in a few minutes that's what i thought so good yeah so so that's the connection on this is the uh, 101 so yeah this is linda also known as um the Naked Super Witches of the Rio Amore, which. <laughs> the Naked Super Witches. I love that. I didn't see that one. I know I saw like a ton of when I was trying to find the film, I saw like it has all these alternate names. There was like a massive list on Letterboxd of all the names. Yeah, like, oh. it's, I know. That's the thing on some of these. I think because like um, Linda's the one that I watched and that's off of uh, German because I could tell by the credits at the end, the language. That's the German print. And that was put out by a Japanese label and then an American label took that called substance. And that's, so yeah, there's a few ways that that kind of went out. So, so uh, the, one, the copy that you had is like in the very beginning, um, was there a little uh, German and then there was like no subtitles and, and I, I sort of tripped and then like the, but then it immediately went into English dub for the rest. No, well, no, mine had like that weird, I posted a picture of it of like the weird title screen where it says Linda and it had her picture and then it went into like uh, the beach, I think, or something, or the house. But my version is a little shorter. I think it's like a minute or so shorter from what I've been told, a minute and a half. But it's okay. no big deal, you know. But it's 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 still the same, yeah. Um, but no, this is this is a really interesting movie. Um, before we go into it, what did you think about it? I mean, it's. It's a fun one. It's classic Franco, like, you know, tropes and all that. There was so many, you know, check boxes. It's definitely not like one of my, oh my God, favorites, but it was, you know, it's, 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 it's good. It's solid. It's, you know, it's, it's classic Franco fun. It's like all the, he puts all of his elements. You can see his. Great it is. It. Yeah. It's, yeah totally. it, you know, it's a, it's a classic. And I love the whole brothel thing a lot. I love, I love the, that was something that really was special to me because as you know i have that fantasy of being kidnapped and being in the brothel so right, i was right. like oh my fantasy jess is doing it again <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny this is almost the upside and they had written that 
it almost makes it makes sex trafficking look like a fun thing. Like it's like right. all the sleazy stuff he does, but he does it in a fun, playful manner where it's like, welcome to the party and everybody's having a good time, but it's like kidnapping and fucking torture and all this shit. But it's like, yeah, welcome, you know, fantasy Island type deal, you know? So yeah, yeah. No, that, that's funny. So yeah, yeah. So like it's quite, it's quite dark and kinky in certain spots. And I really love that about it too. You know, like, I mean, we'll get into that later, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but totally. It's not all, it, 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 it has that fun, I don't know. He, I love how he straddles all those lines and his exploitation. Yeah, I have like uh, for me, it was like a mix of um, slaves, you know, and um, uh, Apollo de Fuego, uh, two female spies, you know, uh, with our panties, and then the Desaad element with the two sisters of like Juliet and Justine, where one yeah. was in the Covenant and one went out and, and you know went in the world of prostitution and wearing her thing, and in the end they beat up again, you know. So he had yeah. a thought element as well. That's what I know. meant by all of his tropes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. About the girl, you know, with the nun being released and you've got, yeah, it's just all of the things. Yeah. Close with all the other checklist elements of all the other. Spark of jazz. Exactly. <laughs> totally. So we have like the first nudity, like right away, like in the first minute. And uh, there's a cool whipping scene, like in the beginning where you see this woman that tried to escape and, you, and this ball headed guy kind of, and it's like right off the bat, one of the checklists of, a stage show on stage, people performing, you have this ball headed guy whipping this woman and everybody's sitting around watching. And it's like us as the audience watching this thing and being entertained by it. But it's really a very horrendous thing. If you think about the, about the actuality of it, you know, yeah. and this guy's whipped the shit out of her, you know, and, and he's going to rape her and all this other shit, you know, yeah, the whole voyeuristic mind. thing. And then there's that like whole, you know, is it just me or do you find the whole aftercare thing? Like kind of, really i don't know so i'm on this that site field that like you know uh, where you hook up with people and that people are always like so big into aftercare really big into aftercare and that always kind of makes me cringe like so you really want to hurt me and then like kiss me like make me feel better about it but that's totally like what it was when he whipped the hell out of her and then he's like all right now i'm gonna give you what you deserve you know and now i'm gonna take care of whatever and he's like gonna fuck the shit out of her and that's like i mean that's not exactly the but the sentiment of aftercare i don't know just something about that maybe yeah i don't know about aftercare in this one though because like I see what you're saying. Maybe that's like a, like, like a trendy thing with sex. How always sex has a trend where people are into new things. Oh, let's try this. Everybody's trying it. It's old hat, blah, blah. Of aftercare. But like with this though, I don't know about the aftercare because one thing I do is like, I watch the dub version of this and I really, 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 really love the dub version because it's so campy in all the scenes. Like in the scene where he's whipping her, he's calling her you little cunt as he's like whipping the shit out of her. And I was like, Whoa, all right. Right off the bat, you know? There's a lot of great lines in this. Oh, oh my God, God. Yes. Like, yeah. especially the, the one whore where she's just like, uh, like, you know, they, they feed you all the same pack of, you know, uh, whatever lies, whatever. But, but then they, they end up treating you like a, what, what did you, oh, shit, now I'm not going to remember. Um, like, like the little whore you are or something like that. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's funny because each woman had their own personality. You had the woman who was there against, well, I mean, we'll get into this there, but the woman who was there against her will, you know, and then you had, which all the guys were attracted to her because she didn't talk and she was there. You had the right. one woman that was going on and on and on about being in the movies and being in a harem and, and, you know, all this other shit and stuff. And people were kind of like, oh God, you're, you're annoying. You talk you know? too much. You're, you're yeah. Too much. Yeah. The other girl that was kind of in between and, and each person tried to do their thing for the money, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Make, a lot, most of them there were trying to make the money. It's just the one uh, we should, we should explain that the, the woman who is brought in to be 
um, you know, used or whatever and, and, and forced into prostitution. It's because her, the woman who runs the joint, her husband falls for her. We should have made yeah. that clear, I guess. Well, like, I actually... Betsy, uh, actually, the star, it's weird it's called Linda because it's really more about Betsy, don't you think? Yeah, Linda's the younger daughter. But yeah, no, I had done the uh, synopsis before you came on to save a little time. Oh, good, good. So Amazing. I gave the whole setup of, of yeah, of, of uh, you know, about her being framed and, and then being sold from the hotel into the... Uh, yeah. Rio Mori, but it's interesting how like the other pros it's not like everyone there is forced most of the women there are there by choice because they're right you're right money and they're competing with this forest girl who's hotter than they all are right and she's like the center of attention they put her in this giant glass box with a little bit of smoke at the bottom the little fog machine action at the bottom there i love that so much and, well uh, that's the aphrodisiac gas oh is that is that why yeah. she was okay. I kept trying to figure out because I, I was like why are they like so hungry and thirsty for her? Like all the guys are like, Oh, that's what I want. And I'm like, really? Like, cause she's drugged out beyond belief. Like how fun was she going to be in bed? You know, <laughs> like she's like yeah. stumbling and like, uh, oh, and the girl from Rio, <laughs> there's a scene where the woman's trapped in the glass cage, the aphrodisiac gas and burning up all over. There's a scene. Well, I don't know if you've seen one with a uh, Brigitte Leahy where they're all in the room and they're pumping the gas and, the, and all the girls are writhing up because they're being controlled by the gas um, shining sex where they use the drug that makes a, a, a aphrodisiac where you rub it on. That's the same as this. So he uses that aphrodisiac gas element, which I always like. And I always make a note of that because that's one of Franco's elements that I don't have on the list, but cause he doesn't use it in every film, but when he does use it, it's a really cool thing. Cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. that clears it up. I didn't catch that apparently because yeah. I was, I was like, that's a cool effect, but <laughs> she doesn't look like she's uh, ready to, yeah no totally yeah. so yeah uh, speaking of betsy uh this is played by uh ursula buckfellner and she was in devil hunter she's like the main one in that and then she was in saddle you know the main girl on the poster that's chained up um and then she's in um uh shoot one right um saddle mania she's in that and now she's in this so this is like her third or fourth franco film um so yeah, so she's the lead in this. And then of course you have uh, Antonio Mayans returning as Ron. And uh, I know me and you think he looks like different guys, but whenever I see him, I always think of George Harrison, like every time, especially with this mustache <laughs> and that face. And we're like, this fuck George Harrison. That's how I, I can see it. Yeah. It's funny. My favorite and, Beatles. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And it's funny. So when he's, uh, and then of course the, yeah, the star of this movie is uh, 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 Raquel Evans as a Sheila, like, the main bad woman of the fucking place. She's yeah. like one of the best Franco villains of her dialogue, who she is, the scorpion and just kill. I mean, just the whole shebang. She's like fucking, you know, heads and tails above any bad. And he guy. was like, Oh, Sheila. Oh, Sheila. I mean, I kept thinking of the eighties songs, you know? Oh, yeah, oh, Sheila. Yeah. 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 Right. right. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's some Prince element to it too. Yeah. She, the, she was great. Yeah. The scorpions and the glass, um, little baubles yeah it was cool so it was like that was the fish tank like shot play with them with her little stick while she talked to him like she was needling him and she was needling the scorpion just like call yeah poke him because you had like those little <laughs> so like that was the fish tank shot basically we have fish tank and then you have the little fish tank or those little globes that the things were in so i was laughing yeah, like oh there's true. a fish tank on top of a fish tank basically so that was later on but uh yeah but it's cool like she reminded me of like a of a, a russ meyer like a like a, a super vixen kind of a character like totally. she, the ultimate yeah yeah super, <laughs> super vixen so like that's totally perfect um and also too the hotel 
reminded me, I think it was in the Girls of Copacabana or whatever, because I recognized some of those walls in the lobby of a, of a past Franco film that's right around this time. That was pretty cool. And then uh, the ball-headed guy, I made a note of, Otto Redzer. He reminded me of a poor man, a uh, Yule Saunders, who's been in the past few films. The ball-headed guy with the mustache, it's always real sleazy. Yeah. Yeah, he, he totally looked like him, and he's and that guy's in a few other Franco films, too. So, like, okay, there's his, like, Lena and fake Lena, or this, where he has certain people look like other people. Like, that guy looked like that guy. I'm like, oh, and he's in a few things. So, like, Franco starts to build his own characters, and he has people he knows that can play that part, you know? Several dudes in this were, um, uh, like the bad guys in this were really like awesome bad dudes. There was that other kind of tubby, chubby kind of guy with the yeah, the kind of the big kind of muscle guy with the, with the stripes. Yeah, he remind me of like Bluto. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess this is his first. Uh, from what I read, this is his first Franco film, but he's in a bunch of Franco films after this. He's in like oh, okay. five or six Franco films, which I haven't seen some of the other ones, but like he's in the Doctor Orloff remake. He's in. Uh, uh, the girl with the see-through panties, and he's in uh, a few other films. So nice. Before yeah. I forget, and this is off topic, but I just want to at least make sure to mention. Uh, I, I I felt a little tinge of joy when the Mickey Mouse shirt thing happened. I had that written down. Yeah, I know that's <laughs> yeah, I know it's like his third now. time with the Mickey Mouse. Like this is his Mickey Mouse cycle. Jason where he's like, love that. He's <laughs> like every film. He's like getting his Mickey Mouse reference, and I'm like. And you look great in a Mickey Mouse shirt. And she's just like, here you go. Yeah, I know. They even like <laughs> say it. They show it and say it. I'm like, it's a double fucking punch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, you think I'm Yodel? Here's Mickey Mouse, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's cool, too. I noticed that he shoots a lot. Uh, well, actually, I jumped ahead there. But um, there's a cool scene where uh, like stuff goes on to the brothel. And one of the girls is wearing the silver boots from a Blue Rita. One of the girls on the floor that's getting fucked by the guy, and I don't know uh, how you remember boots from a different oh, well, because like, they were silver fucking knee high boots laced up. They're so fucking cool. And also, uh, Blue Rita is another one that has the aphrodisiac gas where they pump in and the guys get all this that. So yeah, um, there's a connection with that. It's like like you're talking about the greatest hits. There's a lot of stuff in here that totally remind me of that. And mm-hmm. another film too where he shoots through bamboo strips to look like bars, like the people are being held. And yeah. I don't know if you caught that, but. Yeah. Yeah. There was, and I love that just like the whip film kind of element when she's like, you know, behind the bars and her little uh, gold, gold top, but you know, oh, yeah. bushed out and she's shaking the bars. Let me out. That was, that was hot. Yeah. He, he shoots her really well. Like, yeah. Especially that outfit with her hair kind of frizzled and that, that yellowish gold top. That's funny you caught that. Cause I, I saw love her too. hair style too, with how it's on top of her head with the ponytail and just the total like innocent, you know, cheerleader kind of look. Yeah, no, she's, uh, she, she's cool. I mean, she was a playboy playmate and stuff, but like I said, she's the last, yeah. And from uh, Germany uh, and stuff. Um, yeah. She, cause like, uh, what was it one of them that we talked about? She was like 16 in Germany when she was in Playboy, and then they waited until she was 18 to come over here to be an American Playboy. So, okay. uh, and speaking of two, and then and the girl that plays her sister Linda was Eugenie, was in the movie that we watched, the Erotismo, the other Eugenie version. So that's the same gal, the one wearing the Mickey Mouse shirt. That's Eugenie in the film we watched a couple of films back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I don't know if you caught that, because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't know that was her, because she looks a little bit different to me. Like, I mean, it's maybe been a year or... Yeah, I didn't even catch that, but that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so that's that. Um, Oh, and it's funny, too, so there's a scene where we see her 
the younger daughter, Linda, about a half hour in, they decide to maybe introduce the lead name of the film, you know, and uh, they have a scene where she, <laughs> <laughs> and so they have a scene where she's talking to her mother's superior. But from what I've read, uh, that scene of the mother superior is from another movie by another director. Hilarious. Yeah, it's, uh, let's see, it's called, um, uh, um, gosh darn it. Um, I did like the superior's hat. I like when they have like the wings on the hat and it's not just like a normal nun thing going, but it's like the flying nun kind of look. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, there it is. Okay. So um, it says a few shots from the Covenant sequence are borrowed from Hubert Frank's 1977 film, Vanessa. The scene in which the mother superior appears. Oh, that is Vanessa. That's so funny because I wanted to say that that reminded me of that movie, but I knew that it was also Franco Trope and I didn't want to. But yeah, that's totally, that is Vanessa. Okay, because I was like, that was reminding me of that film, but that's a great movie. Wow. I love Vanessa. Have you seen and, it? No, no. And the mother superior's oh, name good. is uh, um, Astrid Boner, B-O-N-E-R. It says, yes, that's her real name. But yeah, so basically <laughs> she she warns her to, uh, to uh you know, wars are the sinful dangers outside the coven. It's clearly in her cut. Because I was wondering, because I was watching that, you see the scene of Linda, and she has like this panel behind her head, like a wood paneling, and it just didn't match with me the color-wise. I was wondering, and then I read that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, so that's cool. So he yeah. shot the footage, or yeah, the footage of just her talking, and then so yeah, the, that was the chick from Vanessa. Okay, because I was thinking that, and then I was like, no, it can't be. I'm just remembering it wrong because I've seen so many damn movies. I can't oh, yeah. blending in. But no, that's that's good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna talk about Vanessa. That's that's really cool that that's actually the shot from it. That's yeah. Great- so he basically just took that footage and just put it into his film because I think he helped that guy. A few films back, he got on set and shot a day or two, and that guy was sick or something. So he uh, returned the favor by letting him use the clip or whatever, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that, was that has a great poster with the um, like it's just this black with this yellow uh, flower. But um, it was reminding me of the, the poster for this one is pretty hilarious. I, I remember, like, I think I kept it open because I wanted to mention it. It was too funny. The Oh, maybe I closed it for Linda or yeah, for Linda. Yeah. The, the poster, like it, it says like on the, on the, the thing about how it's, I don't know. It's just very exploitative. It's, it's. Oh yeah. Well, there's the trailer, which is awesome. I'm actually going to put the trailer on this episode because it's like things you've only heard of. Now we show you type of thing. And it's really sensational trailer. But yeah. it's also known as uh, they do the most terrible things to her, you know, things yeah. that's disgusting and and just awful, and and they forced her, and oh, it's so terrible. You have to watch. I know. <laughs> Which is a commentary on the film and the people watching it and the audience of the orgy and the, and the pure pure exploitation. And, oh, totally. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, so okay, so let's see. So we got. Uh, Oh yeah, so it's funny. So we have the convent scene we talked about, and then we have her going back to her room and her roommate girlfriends telling her, "Oh well, but the first time a guy will kiss you and touch you," and she's topless on her kissing her and the whole thing. And oh so, yeah, that was hot. That was yeah. super hot. <laughs> I figured. I know. Even me, I was like, "Whoa!" You know, <laughs> I was like, "Man, that's pretty, pretty damn good scene." <laughs> yeah. I have an old girlfriend I used to hook up with coming to visit me in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I was watching that thinking like, maybe I'll get her to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's funny. So we have a lot of the cut. What's funny about this film is, uh, especially the two sisters, you see a lot of the contrast. Like you see one doing very loving things like, or maybe being with this girl. So you have to see her with the other girl kissing. Then it cuts to her sister being in the box with all the gas being pumped in and all the people crawling up to her like animals, like almost like a reverse zoo or something. Like she's the prey in the middle. They're all crawling on their hands and knees for fresh meat or whatever, whatever she is, you know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but no, I have written down. That was that was a hot scene. That yeah, was- that was very very interesting. It's very dance oriented. There's yeah. a lot of these scenes. It's very like they're in a trance. Like they, I I kept thinking that how they all kind of seemed like they were in a trance. You know, they were just like licking, like you know, slow. Like there was one chick just like licking the guy's butt, like in kind of this like tranced out rhythm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that that's later during <laughs> a massage scene. Yeah, no, I was like, whoa, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but but during the whole. Uh, that floor sequence it's there is a lot of sequences like that where it's almost like a dance routine or like a kind of a broadway thing or something you know um but no uh i have written down uh she had amazing dialogue uh she talks about the pleasure dome of the world and how she wants to run yeah you know and they, they this place they call it the pleasure palace pleasure on the top of the hill i love it no it's, it's pretty cool um and then yes, yeah, so we have that. Okay, and then we it go to a great location with that mansion way up on the the top corner of that hill. There, there's that shot where um, uh, Linda and her like little one, her boy that she's picked up on the aisle, or you know, he's telling her, "Oh, I think I'm falling in love with you," and you right. know, and then looking up at the mansion. The mansion does look like the perfect location for a pleasure palace. It's just I don't know, totally. I love that. It's good stuff. So she's wearing the Mickey Mouse shirt, and did you catch what was on his shirt? No. Uh, sailboats. Oh. And he's like the ultimate dreamer and he has like the sailboat on his shirt. It's like a sailboat and then a little sailboat and a little sailboat. Jess does love his sailboats. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, it's totally obvious. You know, like so I'm laughing. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. Here's the clues. And now he's showing you like here here, I'm popping the fucking shirt on the guy, and here's the symbol. Like, you know, if you don't read it already, read this, you know. But uh, it was was really really cool. (laughs) Literally. Um, so yeah, and then of course the Mickey Mouse shirt. So there's the Mickey Mouse mask in Bloody Moon, which was right before this. There's the Mickey Mouse reference in Eugenie, uh, Erotismo that we watched, which was before that film. And then I think there's one more Mickey Mouse reference in the film before that or two back, Devil Hunter or something. So in each of these films, like these three or four films, there's like a Mickey Mouse references. So I'm curious on the next one, if there's another reference to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> He's going to keep going with it. Just falls to the wall. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the cycle. Like this is the Mickey mouse cycle. Like you talk about Franco films, you narrow them down to small things. Oh, this is his Mickey mouse series of films. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah. Mickey mouse is in every one of his films, you know? Um, So yeah, it's funny. Um, So also we have, um, uh, let's see. Yeah. I can talk about the pleasure palace at the top of the hill. Um, So it's funny. There's so much about this film. That's about sex. Like you have all that going on. And then we see uh, Juan, who lives with his sister Juanita, and Juanita is like this totally like all into sex, uh, which kind of reminded me of you actually. Uh, she's like <laughs> making this recipe for this sex soup. It's like an aphrodisiac soup, and she got it out of this magazine, and and like and like she's like trying to give it to her brother, which I thought was kind of weird. And but then his brother had the date over, and she keeps trying to like push the guy and the girl together, and. And she's talking about fucking and all fuck, 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 fuck. And then the guy's all, 
yeah, you know, she was into that since she was 12 years old and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, just talk about all her sex life and all this stuff. And, and I thought that was funny because, uh, they talk about the uh, passion soup and that if it was a, a aphrodisiac and how she tries all these different aphrodisiacs and it's all just fads and this and that and stuff. So it's so funny. A guy just recently asked me, um, I, I wear a, a perfume, um, and, uh, called this by Labo. And, um, uh, this guy was like, is that, is like, I feel like if anybody's going to do this, it would be you. Uh, is that one of those perfumes that has like, pheromones and things in it that's right, right, to... right, yeah. <laughs> no it's just a normal perfume i'm like that's just me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that, my aphrodisiac that cracked me up he like thought i was trying to trick him into being right to yeah you're controlling my mind yeah um, yeah <laughs> so it's funny so you have all that going on and then like the sister's like oh i'm gonna go to bed and then the guy's like trying to talk to her and he's all shy about it and stuff which totally reminded me of me i was laughing and then she's like, oh, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her. And he like leans in to try to kiss her and it's all awkward and stuff. So it cuts from that to the naked massage scene, and like, which is a great cut because it shows very naivety and then just sensuality, sensuality just, you know, two yeah. naked chicks rubbing another naked chick. And then he's watching it, you know, voyeurism through the, through the fucking glass thing and visualizing and then getting in the middle of it and all that stuff. So um, I thought that was really cool because – also, there's the other transparent shot, which he's doing in all these films, uh, like Saddlemania, where he's the transparency and stuff. And here, he's like transparent through the glass. You see part of him. So he's like partial person. You know, he's he's hiding behind things, but he's also, he feels partial because the woman's going on without him and he's less less man. He's less, he's not complete. He's he's a partial man, you know? Oh, yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of like that. I was like, oh, okay, he was- he uses these symbols all the way through. So it's really, really nice. Um, and also too, the, the music, uh, the music's by a different guy. It's not Daniel white. It's the guy that did bloody moon. So there's like a lot of disco kind of interesting music. I liked it and I didn't like it. What did you think about it? It was fun. You know, there was a good, it was, it was a vibe. The whole movie had a certain vibe and it worked for me. It worked. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I try to be open to different things. You I'm know like, how I feel about Daniel White. Like, I yeah, just, same here. That's why I try to be like, well, is it, you know, yeah. No, you mix it up. You know, you can't have a Daniel in 200 films. Exactly. No, that's very true at all. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. totally. Um, let's see what else I got. I got, uh, blah, 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 blah. so we got, um, I mean, oh, yeah, it's, so, it's funny because I feel like it, it, I mean, it was a, it was a fun thing, but it doesn't really work the way that like the sister thing, it didn't really, they never really connected. Like, I mean, I thought for sure somehow like one sister would save the other or, but they really kind of just had their own trajectory. And then like, they get to like say, and like, it's even funny at the end. He's like, he's like, well, you got to see her. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, she just gets to see her. And then it's like, bye. Well, she doesn't even tell her what happened to her or anything with her sisters. Yeah. It's very short. Crazy shit just happened to me. Like it's your sister. If you can tell anyone who, who would you, I think she's trying to protect her from what could be out there. Cause the sister was going to go up to that. Cause the sister was going to go up to that place and work basically eventually. Yeah. He's building it up, which is kind of cool. It's almost like you'd be like warning her, like you know, if you were. Yeah, I know exactly. Hey, you don't want to be here. Don't you know, go I, there. That place is crazy. They right. Just- look at my yeah, and she like, and you tell she had like a burn, which we'll get to later. The burn on boob, and it's like right there. You can see it. So mm-hmm. uh, so stupid. Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, why you burned? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so anyway, um, so uh, the 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 main woman, uh, Sheila, 
she has a cool bathtub and there's like a scene where she's like swinging the bathtub naked and uh and the guy's when he's having sex with he has really funny dialogue too he goes you fascinate me it's like making love to a scorpion i thought that was a cool line (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and well and she said like yes i am a scorpion she just like goes with it that's kind of a, it's like somebody telling you you're a black widow and you're like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I know what making love to a scorpion feels like. Why is it in us? But uh, yeah. So that's um, why. So we have the. That happens in a movie with, what was that? There was like that that alien movie where the chick, like. Like the guy, species or something or. Oh, what was that? Oh my God. Was that Kevin Bacon? Yeah, it was like a sorry. I just totally had like this moment where I remember there's this crazy moment where they're like they're having sex and then this the the alien like well she's she's like half alien, half human baby. Probably species. Later. No, it's uh I don't know. I'll think of it. It's okay. a weird one. It's a split or something. It's like a no, not Oh yeah, yeah, no. I know you're talking about. Splice. Splice. Yeah, I see that. I think, one. I think something like that, like some some name like that. Yeah, it's it's like a genetic thing. It's totally off topic, but great yeah. movie i mean it's a so bad it's a good movie but in my opinion it's great uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny um blah, blah, blah. so we have um oh yeah so we have after the massage scene we have uh this cool sequence which i liked inside the pleasure dome area um uh, where they have the hammock so this was like an early like a um the uh, adija gara film scenes because you have all these hammocks and you have these uh wicker peacock chairs you have um, the black shiny floors the dry ice coming up and it's like totally looked like those series of films that he did with lean and all that for dietrich which was pretty funny i caught that whole vibe there and they talk about her being a ballet dancer before but she couldn't make money being a ballet dancer so she was running the whole prostitution thing and uh she's doing the whole ballet moves on the floor naked and uh the drunk party scene was pretty cool too of all that sequence Remind me of like the other side of the mirror or a lot of that uh, succubus where everybody's kind of just drunk at a party and you kind of see what's going on. And then one person's there, the lead, they're trying to get out or escape or they're just so messed up or something. So, and uh, yeah, so that, that whole sequence I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Agreed. Um, (laughs) And then that's fine. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, but it was funny. So during all that stuff, speaking of music, there's a song that goes on. They play it two times back to back and it's called uh, get me the golden shot. I don't know if you caught that. Um, oh, the, the it's shot. like the woman singing. They're like this. Yeah. The yeah, shot, yeah. Shot, shot, give me the golden shot. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't really figure out what that was about. To be honest, I thought that was a weird song. That was funny. So we had that. And then uh, I like the woman, the two sisters that were doing the act, one with a painted arm and the painted leg. It was like a cool fucking design on her body for no reason. They didn't really get into why she had it or nothing, but it's just very cool looking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just got to add in the fashion, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. And then we got uh, the island. I, I call it like the whole Pleasure Palace was separated from the society by the water. Like we talked about having the facade element and the island away from people. Um, I thought the big fight was funny with uh, him and the two guys outside. The like fighting was pretty silly, um, and the skinny dipping scene I thought was pretty funny. They kept cutting back and forth to the to this young couple playing in the water and being nude, and I love you, I love you too, and getting it yeah. on with the other stuff going on at the pleasure palace. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, the, that was the weird disconnected thing, though, you know, it's like, this is happening. Meanwhile, like, you know, she's being like kidnapped, raped, tortured, but then like her, 
you know, sister is on the beach, like, you know, and he's like, I really do love you trying to get in her pants. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny. I know it's funny. So then like Ron goes to like rescue Betsy after getting the note and all that other stuff. But then he like, instead of saving her, he like stops to fuck Sheila, which I was laughing because she was like, yeah, no. I was like, yeah. he's like, oh, he's like, I'll powerless. she is, but you know, fuck me first. Yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> and then, like and then, did. and then after and then he fucks he, her, he totally does. And then he's like, I hate you, which is like, what, you, but you like, okay. But I mean, then again, we've all had those hate fucks and they are the best fucks. Like they, they really are. I love a good hate fuck. It doesn't get much better. Really. When you get to that point where you're just like. I fucking can't with your shit anymore, but God, you're still so hot and you're just, ugh, and you just, you know. I like how comic bookish that was that after they fucked, she got up and he was like powerless on the floor. He couldn't move. He just like laid there. Like you couldn't get up or look like he was yeah. like, hell was power taken the away. The scorpion's going to come kill me because I can't get up because I just got my cock sucked so good. <laughs> That's all it was too. Yeah. And then she's riding him. Yeah. And then she's riding him the second time. The scorpion's crawling, controlling him. And then the girl comes in and shoots him with a gun. And the woman's like, fuck this shit you know and then they save this woman in the film they all meet up and it ends happily ever after but also too i guess they were saying like the girl that played her sister i guess was still under 18 or whatever so that's why they didn't have her go up into the prostitution house and do all that stuff too so you know it makes sense yeah so you know uncle jess is playing it smart so but yeah and it's funny too uncle jess is billed as jack griffin in the credits as the director in this one is he yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll catch that. <laughs> Jack well, Griffin. <laughs> what I'll probably do is I'll probably really, really proud of that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know it's funny. I, I love that was for the German cut or what, but you know it's funny. Um, what I'll probably do is I'll probably go over the list because uh, I think we're getting close to our time limit here. But I'm and I'll go over that uh, afterwards. But I'm going to ask you to wrap it up. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about the film or anything you want to summarize? floor is yours i mean i do feel like i said everything like i said it wasn't like a must see franco but it's just like if you love franco and you've seen a ton of his films this will make you happy it's a good one like it's and it does have like i do you know if you're a creep like me and you like the whole brothel elements and and all of that and like the the whole forest you know like internment in a prostitution uh i don't know i should everyone gets it at this point I will say one thing with you about the list that jumped out at me was uh, the sheepskin uh, the like white fur of all the stuff on my list that left yeah. there's the, the and I posted a picture long. yeah of her room she has like an, on the headboard kind of shelf area of her bed and on the floor it's a sheepskin all over basically her white fur whatever you want to call it but yeah yeah, yeah. nice yeah, well, um, while uh, while I was watching this movie, trying to make our time up for the Zoom thing, then uh, my girls called me and we're going to go hit the beach, which is why I was prepping this whole time. So oh, I'm going to run out and I will have Jess in my heart and I will look at, out at the ocean and I will think of boats sailing with with Linda and, <laughs> and yeah. her, her bow with his sailing shirt. And I hope they're living happily ever after. Oh, one thing too, I didn't mention uh, that we can talk about real fast. Uh, Lena, of course, is not in the film. Neither is Uncle Jess. But Lena mm-hmm. was assistant director on this uh, build as another oh. name. So, yeah. Interesting. Nice. So it's interesting. The ones that she's assistant director on, they seem to have a little more extra touches to them, a little more like, you know, uh, layers, a little more process, a little more. They're not as fast. They're a little more, you know, I mean, they're fast, but they're still, 
there's a little more to right, it. Like, I bet she coached all the girls. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's actually a really good idea. She probably, he probably had her go with women and do this and that and stuff and had that freedom and that vibe. That's really good. That's actually me. really yeah. interesting and funny because actually even like as it opened and you know, when it very first starts and there's the, the part with, um, uh, the, like, you know, okay, I'll just let you guys go to your, you know, entertain yourselves. And everyone just kind of like shifts into this giant orgy and everyone's just, you know, fucking. And I was like, how do they get people to do these movies? Like, does he just like, this is a Just Franco film. Everyone will be getting naked and writhing around, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. but, I mean, and I'm sure there is, you know, he probably does, but like, if he's got Lena there, there's probably more of like, you know, it, it, it's got to help with like the women and everyone getting into it, you know, like, because if you just have like a man telling you to be like, you know, everybody's going to be writhing around, it's, it might be a little better if you've got like a, a couple helping, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, having a little experience with that as a filmmaker myself and having, and having uh, female assistant directors with me on certain films, that female touch does help in certain situations like that, definitely. It creates the vibe. And I think it's just, the, I think the environment is a huge thing too, you know, just controlling the environment and also to knowing what it is and, and who you hire and the people that are in the scene too. That's huge, you know. Totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just has to go smoother with, if Lena's there, as I would imagine. Yeah. 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 But I think if Lena was in the film, she'd probably play the main brothel runner, the main heel. Definitely. I think I've everybody, I don't see her as, as the woman being tortured or the sister. I think she'd be the, the main battle. Well, she's played all those. She could be That's all. true. But I think at this stage she's, you know, but yeah, at this, at this age, yeah plus she's she's, she's done being the i mean there, she, can't, she be the, can't be the newbie innocent one anymore right she can't be the 17 year old virgin sister you know because you know also linda like you know got kind of yeah there's, there's an innocence to both of them yeah 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 no definitely definitely so all righty well i will let yeah, you go i will yeah. let, i will uh cut you now so you can be cast away into the sea and uh play with your fellow i will hear all of that silly disco music in my head as i prance around yeah <laughs> just watch out for bald guys with mustaches and guns and uh, anybody in cheap 70 suits you should be okay <laughs> i'll keep my eyes open all right when is no cheers cheers jason Alrighty, back with the Franco list for Alinda. All right, so let's see. Number one on the Franco Observer podcast checklist for items we see in just Franco films. Number one, body of water. Yes, we see the body of water that surrounds the Pleasure Palace, the Rio Amore, uh, the house up on the, the Pleasure Palace on the hill. Uh, so we see a yeah, body of water one, uh, sailboat. We have sailboat on one shirt. We have sailboats in the water and then number three boats as well. We have uh, a lot of beached boats on the sand, which is kind of showing funny that people washed ashore there and stayed, didn't leave. Um, number four, palm trees. Yes. Many palm trees we see in this film. There's palm trees throughout all the exterior shots or most of them at least. Number five, jungle sound effects. Uh, didn't really catch any jungle sound effects. There's uh, vocal stuff, but really no jungle sound effects. Uh, number six, chained up person. Yeah, we have two. We have um, the uh, stage act uh, where the woman's like 
hands bound above her head. And we also have um, the lead actress, uh, was a Betsy, that's uh, chained in the uh, club there. Let me see, what's her name? Uh, yeah, yeah, Betsy. Betsy's chained in the club, and then she's burned with a cigarette. So she's chained up there. Uh, number seven, dance scenes on stage, stripping. Yeah, we don't have the stripping as much because they're already like nude, but um, we have a lot of bizarre dance scenes of the performance art um, for everybody to watch. The guy whipping the woman in the beginning, everybody watching. Um, the two sisters, I guess, um, uh, with the blade and hands above the head. We have the lead lady, uh, was it Sarah? Uh, or, yeah, or, um, Sheila. We have the thing of her on the floor with all the people surrounding her and dancing, the orgy stuff. So we have a lot of bizarre, like, uh, I talked to Kali earlier about that. A lot of the interpretive dance scenes and that. So that takes the place, which I like that about Franco films, is how he has really bizarre, um, stripping sequences instead of just doing a standard strip tease. Number eight, club scenes, dancing, bar. Yeah, a lot of bar in this. Of course, the Rio Amore. Uh, so that would be the club is 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 the is the place itself, the brothel. You know, and instead of dancing, there's just people there, patrons, and watching the shows. Number nine, jazz music. Yeah, a little jazz, a little jazz, mostly disco and other stuff. But there's a little jazz right in the beginning, definitely. Uh, number ten, excessive zooms or eleven out of focus shots. No on both of those. Uh, fortunately, there's not a lot of that, so that's good. A few zooms, but nothing too crazy. Number twelve, mirror shots. Uh, yeah, definitely some mirror shots uh, between uh, Linda and her roommate, and then uh, mirror shots in Sarah's room. I'm mean, sorry, Sheila's room on the floor. A lot of cool mirrors, and a couple other scenes where there's mirror shots in the film. Uh, 13, mind control theme. Well, we have the aphrodisiac gas, so I'll consider that mind control because they pump it in the tank to make them uh, pliable so they can take their commands. Uh, 14, magic tongue scenes. No, not really. I didn't see magic tongue dancing in this film. Number 15, uh, red light. Well, you know, there's no red light per se, uh, physical red light, but the film is about like the red light district. So I don't know if that's partial, but I'll say no. But it's more symbolic than actual physical red light. Number 16, a sheepskin or white fur. Uh, and masturbation with a sea item. Well, no on the second, but uh, sheepskin, white fur, definitely. There's uh, in uh, Sheila's room or bedroom or the blue room. Uh, there's sheepskin on the floor above the bed, like a kind of a cool shelf headboard deal. That's part of my cool headboard. Uh, number uh, what is that? Twenty six grade headboard. It's not great, but it's more of a shelf. But it's the white fur with a white phone. It's pretty cool. So yeah, that that takes on that. Seventeen mad scientist and servant. We don't have the mad scientist. You have like. Uh, the madam and her evil henchmen, you know? I don't know. Partial, but maybe not. Uh, let's see. 18 fish tank shots. Yes, we have a weird one. We have the fish bowl and the fish tank. The little fish bowls are the little ones where the scorpions are held at, and they're on placed on top of the fish tank, which was interesting, so he puts them together. Uh, first, you just see the fish bowl, then you see the fish tank, or fish bowl on top of the fish tank later. Uh, number 19, Talking Parrots. Uh, that would be no. No talking animals in this film. Uh, number 20, End Credits. Yes or no? Yeah, there's credits. Uh, I don't know if it says Finn or End. I think it cuts before that. 
but definitely there's end credits with everybody's name. I saw the German um, English dubbed version, the German print English dubbed version. Um, yeah, so the German cut. Uh, let's see. The next one is 21, handwritten note. Yes. Uh, an actual lipstick from Linda, no, from Betsy to try to get her out uh, of the Rio Amore. She's held against her will, so she's writing notes to get out. So she does a handwritten note in uh, lipstick and passes it to one of the customers to try to get her help. And uh, one of the fellow workers helps her out. So, uh, Number 22, spiral staircase shot. No spiral staircase, a lot of stairs. Uh, and cool shots with staircases, but definitely no spiral staircase. Uh, number 23. Three, inept cops, no. 24, no cops in this film. 24, belly chains. I might get rid of that because by this period, belly chains are disappearing. So yeah, I'd say no on that. 25, kinks. Yeah, you got voyeurism, whipping, sadism, uh, burning, cutting, all that stuff. So yeah, torture, S&M. Um, let's see, number 27, fear or desire. I would say desire. Because it's the pleasure palace on top of the hill, the pleasure dome. Everybody desires to be there, but people don't know the other side of it. So it's the fear that keeps some people there, but it's the desire that. So yeah, desire rules on this one. And number 28, acoustic guitar player. Yes, Juan plays the guitar uh, for Linda. Quite a few scenes. And 29, uh, reading a book scene, no, no reading book scenes in this that I caught, unless I forgot, but unless it's in the hotel lobby somewhere, but nothing that's um, highlighted or, or uh, you know, placed in main uh, regards to be seen or to be focused on, so yeah, nothing like that, so. Alrighty, well, uh, that wraps up this episode, episode 101 of the Franco Observer Podcast. Uh, this is Jason Rudy, host of Frank Observer Podcast, and I want to say thank you again to Kali Sini joining me via Zoom from Los Angeles, California, to discuss episode 101, film 101, Linda. So, buenas noches, adios amigo. Mm-hmm.